Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 366. On Now You Know. All right, so I ignored this at first, Jess, because I thought this was just like another one of those doctored Tesla photos you see on the internet. Oh, and then I thought, could this just be from like years ago? But then... So that does appear to be Franz von Holzhausen, Tesla's chief designer. But what is he standing in front of? It's like a tiny two-seater cardboard mock-up of what? Well, first of all, yes, that's Franz. And I think it's like near day Franz. Like he's got the gray beard. So I don't think this is like from 20 years ago. Um, could it be... If this is indeed a legit photo, could it be Tesla's next gen robo taxi for cities? So like the next generation after the first gen $25,000 robo taxi? Yeah. So hear me out for a second. It has no steering wheel or pedals. So it is a robo taxi of some kind, but it's so small. It's only got two seats and a small hatchback with three pieces of luggage in it. So could it be a mock-up of the robo taxi for regions like India and Asia where small is good? I mean, it even looks like the rear wheels come inside the footprint at the back. And also there's the this green tape in the shape of like a Cybertruck. Could Franz be demonstrating what a cyber design would look like versus a traditional swoop windshield frunk? Look, I don't know. This could be all a huge waste of time and speculation, or we could be onto something in Tesla's future. We have a Patreon poll this week, so we'll see what our patrons think. Uh, comment below what you think. I mean, it just looks science fair to me doesn't it scream science fair to you Maybe. i know that i look i get it that's so france has he, entered a science he's fair. not in high school i can see that i know it just doesn't look what i would expect from tesla but i mean this is also kind of what i would expect from tesla right. you know what i mean like part of me would be like oh no they would have some kind of super fancy thing but then part of me is like no that's what like a normal car company would have well like at meta you would put on the vr goggles and stuff but here i think they're doing it real world old school i don't yeah. even know if you can sit in this thing it's made of cardboard so it may not even you know looks like it has a box underneath it to keep it standing upright yeah i mean i feel like that's something we would do exactly yeah all right so i am so excited about walter isaacson's new elon musk biography it's coming out today i pre-ordered it months ago i keep checking my phone to see where it is yeah you've been reading <laughs> excerpts for the past few days what have you learned so far oh my god every excerpt is like candy to me uh, isaacson not only got full access to elon but he understands everything and he is an incredible writer and he debriefs with elon after meetings in the book it's it's so amazing. Look, I was reading this excerpt about the next gen Tesla, the Model 2 $25,000 car, the robo taxi. So in 2022, Elon originally wanted it to be built with no steering wheel, no pedals, no mirrors. But then in the fall of last year, Franz and Lars convinced him to hedge his bets and build it with a steering wheel and pedals that can be removed. We also learned that originally it was going to be built at Giga Mexico, but Elon changed his mind. And this May decided to move production to Giga Texas because he understands the importance of having Tesla engineers right there where it's being built. And he knew it would be a hard sell to get those families to relocate to uh, Mexico. So did it mention what the next gen car is going to look like? Well, let me read an excerpt. Okay. At a design review session one afternoon in February of 2023, Von Holzhausen put models of the RoboTaxi and the $25,000 car next to each other in the studio. Both had a Cybertruck futuristic feel. Musk loved the designs. When one of these comes around a corner, he said, people will think they're seeing something from the future. So you read that Tesla is actually designing the factory production lines for the next gen platform as we speak. Yes, this is so exciting. Elon and the team spent this summer designing every station and finding ways to minimize the construction time down to the millisecond. I'm going to have to lock myself in a room when I get this biography. It's going to be so amazing. And as our producer has been in touch with Walter Isaacson's agent, it's looking good that we can get him to join us for an interview. So I'm just so pumped. OK, so there's been a story in the Mexican news outlet Reforma saying that according to one Chinese supplier source, they now think that Tesla's Gigafactory in Mexico is going to be delayed in starting construction. What did the supplier say? According to Reforma, they said, quote, two or three months ago, there was a lot of rush, lots of pressure to look for a location. But one month later, they told us to wait. And then Reforma asked a Danish engineering consultancy firm, Rambol, to estimate when Giga Mexico could be built and ready for production, taking into account like local permitting process. And Ramboli estimated 2027. 
Okay, let me just say I would take this report with a grain of salt. I mean, I believe permitting is not going to be a problem. The governor of Nuevo Leon lobbied hard for this, and mm. I'm sure he's going to do everything in his power to streamline the process for Tesla. Yeah, and while I doubt that Tesla can build the Gigafactory as fast as Giga Shanghai, which took less than 24 months, I don't think it's going to take 40 plus months. I think it's possible Giga Mexico could be operational in early 2026. But we do need to see construction start soon if that date is going to hold. So what do you think? Has Tesla hit a snag? Share your thoughts in the comments. Okay, we're not going to invite Bob and Bob in to do this next story because, well, technically, they already did it. That's right, Zach. Bob and Bob already reported on Honda and Acura joining the Tesla Next standard three episodes ago, but now it's official and we have more details. Yeah, so last Thursday, Honda officially announced that they have reached an agreement with Tesla to adopt NACS as the charging port for their EVs starting in 2025. Honda says that in 2025, they will launch a new EV and NACS will be the charging port. Before then, Honda will stick with CCS on their EVs. Honda mentions that a NACS slash CCS adapter can be used, but they don't explicitly say whether they will provide it for their customers. I don't think they will. And I think this is going to become a huge problem for most of the companies on this list. So let's recall who is on the list of NACS adopters so far. Ford, GM, Mercedes-Benz, Rivian, Lucid Motors, Polestar, Fisker, EVgo, ChargePoint, Electrify America, and now Honda and Acura. So aren't you happy that all these companies agreed to use what is arguably a much better charging standard? Yes, except the way most of them did it. By saying that it won't be implemented for two years, I think it's causing a phenomenon they may not have realized. Customers don't want to buy something, especially a big purchase like an automobile, that doesn't have the latest feature. This is like back in 1975 when Zenith came out with the first infrared TV remote. It revolutionized the TV industry. Zenith TV sales shot up and it launched them as a TV brand for years. Would you have purchased a TV back in 1975? A big purchase, by the way, with an average selling price of $350, which is equivalent to $2,200 today. If it didn't have this new TV remote technology and you had to get up off your Barca lounger and change the channel manually. But I mean, there were TV remotes before 1975. Yes, but those early remotes used light beams and ultrasound, which were very unreliable. You had to have line of sight with no obstructions versus Zenith's new infrared technology that most TV remotes still use today, which works very reliably. Zenith's market share grew to 24% in 1975 versus its competition. Take a look at this. Wow, it was the leading TV manufacturer. Exactly. Zenith held on to the number one position for 13 more years until it was dethroned in 1988 by the new Japanese manufacturers, Sony and Panasonic. And that's what I'm saying here about Tesla. Tesla's competition are saying, oh, yeah, we know that Nax is the best and we'll start putting it in our products in a couple of years. Meanwhile, if you're thinking about buying a car in the next couple of years, do you really want to buy a car that can't charge on the biggest EV fast charging network in the world? No. It's a nuance point, and I know the internet doesn't do well with nuance, but what I'm saying is that this is another factor that is going to make it very difficult for all these auto manufacturers we listed to sell any EVs for the next couple of years. And a couple of years is a long time. Right. Tesla is going to sell millions of cars in the next couple of years, whereas the Fords and the GMs and the Hondas are going to struggle to sell 100,000. Fast forward to 2025 when Nax plugs begin to appear on Ford and GM EVs, and it's going to be even harder for these old big auto companies to catch up. It was already game over in my opinion, but now it's really game over. Because by putting the wrong plug on the car, and this has already happened, by the way, the Nissan Leaf has the Chatamo port on it, and a lot of places are starting to ditch Chatamo. It's not the best charging solution. Um, obviously, Nax is. But I would say that there's a there's a real negative uh, backlash against it because you have all these Leaf owners who have trouble charging and, and going long distances, which they had anyway, because, I mean, I own a Leaf. It's, it's tough. Especially as customers get more educated and they understand how charging works. In the beginning, they they just see a plug and they're like, great, okay. Right. And then they learn like, oh, there are no Chatamo chargers. Right. So Sawyer Merritt posted this on Friday. Breaking, Tesla has launched Powerwall 3, the third generation of its residential energy storage product. Installations have already started. The Powerwall 3 is approximately two inches shorter, six inches narrower, and one inch thicker versus Gen 2. So according to Andy92782, who had it installed, he said that Powerwall 3 contains the inverter. Really? Even while being smaller? Yeah. And the fact that Elon responded seems to confirm that. He said Powerwall 3 is optimized for ease of installation and high power, which means that a single Powerwall can serve as an uninterruptible power supply for most homes. This is a big deal for ensuring that the lights stay on and you can power all your devices in the event of a power outage. Now, a lot of people have commented that it doesn't look as good as the Powerwall 2. 
yeah, I mean, the cool black plastic fans on the side are missing and it's more of a utilitarian box now. But I think that probably helps reduce cost. And let's talk about Elon's tweet here. He says that it has high power as opposed to, I guess, a Powerwall 2. Because I think the thing that a lot of people run into when they get a Powerwall is that they realize that they need to get more than one. Not only to have more energy supply for backup, but also if they want to run a lot of different things, a Powerwall can only supply a certain amount of power. I think I get the picture! You say you think this has more power? I mean, that's He didn't what say higher power, he just said high power. He's, I don't know. I mean, obviously he's trying to market this. I think they've switched over to the LFP battery. So I would be surprised if they could be shoving more power into that thing, even though it's probably slightly bigger, but they need to put the inverter in it. And I mean, I think usually, unless they have some magic thing in there, usually you need more actual storage to get more power out is what we've been finding. The other thing I just want to point out, though, is that this might be lining them up to start doing vehicle to grid mm. if they maybe have some of that architecture built into this. I'm convinced. But either way, if they can make the power wall cheaper, if they can make it more accessible, um, I just lost power over the weekend for like 28 hours. And it's like, I'm just sorry, I, I know how you feel. I lost it for. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, because you have power walls. And, and so like, right, I have to throw away everything in my refrigerator. Oh, crap. I, you know, it's like it's so annoying because like they're like, we're the, the crews are working on it. And you're just like, I'm like, man, if, if I had power walls and everyone around me had power walls, I wouldn't even need this grid, especially I if I had solar on my roof. And then all the grid would be there for would be like if if somebody, you know, something hit my power walls, there was some flood and it, they went out of thing. And then you could just be powering your friend's house. I'm still expecting thank you letters from my neighbors because I actually kept a lot of their lights on this weekend. I was watching my app as I was feeding my neighbors power. Right. It's you're incredible. Not, you're not going to get any thank you letters because oh. it's it's going through the grid. And I am getting paid for it, though, so that's, that's awesome. Great. All right, so I wanted to continue our coverage of the story of SpaceX sending Starlink to Ukraine that we reported on when it happened back in the spring of 2022. Mario Narfal said, Elon prevents nuclear war. Elon Musk covertly instructed his engineers to deactivate Starlink satellite communications network during a major Ukrainian offensive. This action was taken to intentionally thwart a surprise attack by Ukraine against the Russian naval fleet. The Ukrainian submarine drones armed with explosives mysteriously lost connectivity as they advanced toward the Russian warships. Now we know that Musk intentionally deactivated Starlink. Ukrainian officials pleaded for the reactivation of the satellites. However, Musk was concerned the attack could trigger a nuclear response from Russia. This fear was not baseless, as Musk had open discussions with high-ranking Russian officials not long before the attack. I posted heavily about the dangerous rhetoric from Russia relating to a possible nuclear attack on Ukraine, with Crimea being considered a red line. No matter which side of the war you're on, we all want to avoid a nuclear conflict, and Elon's actions may have prevented just that. And Elon responded, there was an emergency request from government authorities to activate Starlink all the way to Sevastopol, the obvious intent being to sink most of the Russian fleet at anchor. If I had agreed to the request, then SpaceX would be explicitly complicit in a major act of war and conflict escalation. He went on to say the Starlink regions in question were not activated. SpaceX did not deactivate anything. Mario said, the source was CNN referencing Walter Isaacson's biography. Thank you for clarifying the facts and glad to see Starlink was not activated in such a contentious territory. Elon said both sides should agree to a truce. Every day that passes, more Ukrainian and Russian youth die to gain and lose small pieces of land with borders barely changing. This is not worth their lives. Wishful thinking doesn't win wars. And Holmar's catalog said the problem with activating Starlink in a war zone is that if Starlink becomes a military communications network, it becomes a military target. If the United States wants Ukraine to use Starlink for military offensives, they should compensate SpaceX to fortify Starlink's defense. And Elon said, correct. Walter Isaacson clarified, he said, to clarify in the Starlink issue, the Ukrainians thought coverage was enabled all the way to Crimea, but it was not. They asked Musk to enable it for their drone sub-attack on the Russian fleet. Musk did not enable it because he thought probably correctly that would cause a major war. Elon said, much appreciated, Walter. The onus is meaningfully different if I refuse to act upon a request from Ukraine versus made a deliberate change to Starlink to thwart Ukraine. At no point did I or anyone at SpaceX promise coverage over Crimea. Moreover, our terms of service clearly prohibit Starlink for offensive military action as we are a civilian system. So they were again asking for something that was expressly prohibited. SpaceX is building Starshield for the U.S. government. 
which is similar to but much smaller than Starlink, as it will not have to handle millions of users. That system will be owned and controlled by the U.S. government. And last call here quotes David Sachs saying, it's presumptuous for a Ukrainian government official to just assume that they can conscript the assets and resources of an American company on behalf of their war effort. I think Elon did enormous good for the country of Ukraine. Elon said, thank you. I want to help humans, not kill them. Whew. Okay. So, I mean, this is... Uh... Well, I hope in two minutes we just cleared up what the news media is continuing. I mean, if you watch CNN, they're calling him a traitor now. Right. Or they're going like, no one should have this much power. And it's like, well, right. He actually, I mean, what was he supposed to do? I mean, Secretary Blinken said that Starlink is an important thing for Ukraine. And so, I mean, look, I'm just tired of people trying to find everything they can to twist words and to switch things around. It's nuanced. I get it. This is not Elon trying to be a supervillain or something. And I think it's important to realize that like, while the exciting news in Ukraine would be, you know, oh, they sank the Russian fleet or something like that. While it might trigger a nuclear war, let's just take one step back, whether or not it would trigger a nuclear war. The whole point of having Starlink in the country is to provide communication for the people behind the front lines. It's for the people who are really without a lot of infrastructure. This is one way to get instant communication um, to where you can- keep their economy going. To keep everything working right it's and i think that that's because don't forget russia destroyed their entire cell network exactly so they have basically this is their one form of communication for a lot of civilian activity whether it's hospitals well and the thing is elon didn't wait for the government to you know file a requisition and pay the thing and do the paperwork and months later he's he leapt into action shipped off starlink without getting paid right and i think that it's it's You know, if he didn't act, if he didn't send Starlink to Ukraine, I think that the story would be different. I think it would be like, he's such a jerk. Um, And, you know, we're trying our best. And there's all sorts of people in legislature trying to get him to send you, you know, humanitarian effort to Ukraine Um, because he's already done the humanitarian effort. Now the story turns to, well, why isn't he helping them blow up the Russian fleet? And it's like, well, it's not really his place. He's not a general. And that's exactly the point that I think a lot of people now, a lot of people are like, I can't believe he has this much power that he can do this. And it's like he doesn't. He shouldn't. That's why he didn't. That's the whole point here. If you think that he should have allowed uh, Ukraine to you know, do this attack, then you don't fully understand where he where he actually sits. Right. I think his point about Starshield is really interesting. That is that would be a U.S. government asset. So that would be the same as, uh, you know, the U.S. government buying a fighter jet from Lockheed Martin and then shipping that overseas. Right. You don't have foreign actors going and bombing uh, Lockheed Martin because they sent a plane over to some conflict area. Right. That doesn't happen because that's the way that we, I guess, have decided that global conflict is going to work. So that's why Elon didn't do what he did. If, you know, if the U.S. government wanted to work with the Ukrainian government and give them access to Starshield or whatever they might be doing, which maybe they're doing, maybe they're not, which is a little scary since that's our government. And (laughs) but apparently they didn't because the Russian fleet still floats. Right. But that's like, how crazy is this? I mean, yes, it's like crazy that he has all of this, but it's because he worked so hard and he's actually being pretty responsible with his power. And look, if you like getting independent news, hit the like button because you're not going to hear about these stories pretty much anywhere else. All right. So thank you to our friends at Magback for sponsoring today's show. We've seen a lot of Teslas out there on the road with curb rashed wheels. Yeah. And it's all too easy to scratch up the rims of your Tesla. In fact, we did it shortly after getting our first Model 3. Remember? Oh, yeah. We were up in Montreal in an EV event and we had to pull into this tiny parking space and all you heard was... Still remember that. And then we were looking at hundreds of dollars to fix it. And that's if it can be fixed. Sometimes you just have to get new wheels. Well, Magback has a solution. It's called the Magback Rim Case. Check this out. It's an invisible wheel cover that installs in minutes. Magback makes rim cases for the Model Y 20-inch inductions, the 21-inch Uber turbine wheels, and the 20-inch Uber turbine wheels. Save your wheels from the inevitable curb rash. Makes a great gift for that Tesla owner in your life. And you know, if you've already got some curb rash, this is a quick and easy way to make your wheels look like new again. So protect your investment and go to magback.com today. Link is down below in the show notes. All right, so Tesla Asia just posted, Gigafactory Shanghai achieves 2 million production milestone. And Elon responded, congratulations. So just a reminder that in January of 2019, this watermelon field was what is now Giga Shanghai. Just 56 months later, 
and 2 million Teslas have been produced. Imagine what it's going to be producing over the next 56 months. And speaking of Giga Shanghai, we've got pictures from YouTube drone pilot Wuwa of hundreds of new Model 3 refresh versions outside the Giga factory waiting to be shipped to Europe. Wait, so they're not being built at Giga Berlin for the European market? Apparently not. They have longer registration tags, so that would point to them heading to Europe. Oh, okay. So we see them in four colors, uh, blue, white, red, and gray. Also, we learned about the Model 3 Refresh's new feature, the blind spot indicator. So as many of you know, most new cars today come with this feature of an orange or red warning indicator on the side view mirrors to indicate that there's a vehicle in your blind spot. Tesla had this feature too, but it displayed the warning on the main screen. Yeah, not exactly where your eyes are focused when you're changing lanes. So in the new refreshed Model 3, Tesla's added the red lights near the base of each A pillar to alert the driver that there's a car in the blind spot. Thank you to YouTuber Automobile Propre. So can this be turned off? Yes, according to Tesla Trend, you can see here on the menu, you can shut that off if you don't want it. Hmm. I mean, I think I'd keep it on, but um, I think this is a feature a lot of drivers have been asking for because I think, you know, you don't look at your main screen first before you take your left. I mean, <laughs> I feel like it's just, we've all gotten used to looking in the side view mirror. Um, so I think it's great that it's right there near the side view mirror. Um, and of course, they didn't put it in the side view mirror because those are going to go away soon. Oh, but then, of course, if you don't need the side view mirror, do you need the blind spot indicator? Right. But it's just a little light. You just don't don't turn it on anymore. But my question is, when is this coming to North America? Yeah. yeah so, of course, the big news of, you know, the new Model 3 comes out and it's very exciting for you Europeans and, uh, you know, insert people in certain markets. Um, but we're not, it's not fear for some Americans in North America. What you gonna do when we come for you now? We usually get things first, so it's, you know, it's only fair that occasionally we but don't. But when? When are we getting it? <laughs> and there's more Tesla news out of China. So first, let's take a look at Giga Shanghai's August delivery numbers. Tesla now has 13.18% of battery electric vehicle market in China up from 7.46% in July, and that's because Tesla has increased deliveries in August, up 87.5% year over year. Tesla produced 84,159 Chinese-made vehicles in August, according to the Chinese Passenger Car Association. 19,465 of them were shipped overseas. The rest, 64,694, were delivered to customers in China. So did they give a breakdown of how many were Model Ys versus Model 3s? They do. 65,316 were Model Ys and 18,843 were Model 3s. That's interesting. So roughly like a three to one ratio of Model Ys to Model 3s. I'm guessing that's going to change now that the refresh Model 3 has been released. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the data in a couple months. But what do you think? comment down below. So if we zoom back a bit, though, between January and August, Tesla delivered 390,000 vehicles to Chinese customers. That is 62% more than a year earlier. And Giga Shanghai's exports were also up 47% over the previous year at 234,761 vehicles exported. Nice. Nice. All right, it's time for Cybertruck Roundup. All right. Yeehaw! The Cybertruck Roundup. Want to see what a Cybertruck looks like after it crashes into a ditch? Yeah, but also what? This was after a Tesla ditch rollover crash test. Check this out. Wait, was that an eight inch rear screen like in the Refresh Model 3 and in the S and the X? Mm. And where was this video taken? Yeah, so it appears to be an 8-inch screen, and the TikTok account appears to be owned by a Chicago-based trucking company, CTL Logistics, um, that was responsible for moving the Cybertruck after the test. The video has since been removed, but thanks to Cybertruck Owners Club, the video has been archived there. I'm guessing Tesla won't be hiring this trucking company anymore. <laughs> also, did you catch the two octagonal cup holders in the rear? No, I didn't. Can uh, you show that again? Yes, yeah, so take a look at that. Uh, there was also a lot of discussion about how hard it would be to repair a Cybertruck since not many people in the body repair industry knows much about repairing flat stainless steel panels. Yeah, a lot of people were like, there's no way you're going to be able to get your truck repaired. And this isn't an exoskeleton. First, I want to point out, this was a rollover. If you take most cars and you do a rollover crash, it's a totaled car. Mm -hmm. You're not repairing it. You're just that you're crushing it. So I wouldn't expect to repair a car after it's been in a rollover. Mm. Um, in terms of repairing a panel, my guess is you call up 
Tesla and you get a new panel sent to you. That's how many car panels today are fixed. A lot of them, unless they're just little dings, are not fixed in the traditional way anymore. And I mean, I understand the the thing about like pulling dents and stuff like that, except that we're talking about stainless steel. So well, it's not going to dent. Exactly. Like, if you're in an accident where the stainless steel panel actually deforms, it's not a it's not a little dent no, removal exactly. I mean, job. A lot of these dents happen in like parking lots where someone with a shopping cart, you know, whacks into your car. And that's just you're going to have nothing to look at with the Cybertruck because it's not going to dent it. Right. Thank you to the YouTuber Tesla Uber guy who posted this release candidate Cybertruck supercharging in Las Vegas. So you can see the wires and the sensors running along the body as they test what we assume is the supercharging. What do you think that round white sensor is for? Is it like temperature? Yeah, I mean, that looks like a thermocouple. I mean, that could either be where they put the charger inside the vehicle or it's where some of the wires are running or they just wanted to see what the outside temperature of the body a certain distance from the charge port got up to. Yeah, maybe he parked it you know, purposely in the sun. I mean, they are in Las Vegas, so maybe they want to see like what hot day of charging does. But here's a potential problem. Look how close the Cybertruck has to back up to get the charging cable to reach. I mean, it's almost touching the supercharger. Yeah, I mean, luckily, the new version four superchargers have longer cables, but unfortunately, there are only nine locations. And so far, they're all in Europe. I mean, what if your tailgate is down, though, right? You back up because you got some lumber in the back. Mm. Um, you're not going to be able to charge. Or if it's a tight fit at the supercharger because someone's parked a little wonky. Uh, or if Cybertruck owners start bumping into the superchargers as they try to pull in close enough. Belay my fears, people. Tell me down in the comments why everything's going to be OK. Or will this be a charging apocalypse? Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet Tesla just didn't think of it. Yeah, you know what? That's you. They usually just don't think of stuff like this, like the charger cables. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, maybe they weren't thinking about like the fact that your tailgate would be down. I, I mean, uh, or that you have a hitch. Uh, if you have a hitch, you're not pulling in that tight. I don't know. This could be awful. I don't think it's gonna be that bad. All right, but how would you like a cyber spoon, Jesse? What? If you're good at McDonald's today, I'll get you a cyber spoon. Sawyer Merritt said McDonald's has shared some photos of the cyber spoon on, on Xiao Hong Shu, a Chinese social media site with over 200 million monthly users. McDonald's also posted about it on their WeChat account. Tesla posted about it on their Weibo account. So it's a... Uh... Oh, and Elon said in that case, I'll definitely have some. So it's a spoon. Yeah, but look, it comes in this little case cyber and it says they... don't panic at the bottom. Did they pay tesla who did this that's just mcdonald's that's, i think yeah. hey if anyone gets one of these and you have an extra please send it to us i'd love to put it on the set that is awesome hey and you know what's awesome is cybertruck owners club thank you so much for sponsoring the show all of this great stuff we're getting about cybertruck comes from their website and their forum is full of cool people talking about this and people who know about trucks too mm -hmm. so um it's a great place to go if you haven't been there already go ahead and and see where you are in the reservation tracker because you want to know when you're getting it so one of my complaints about cheap electric scooters is that when driving around cities you're bound to hit bumps and potholes and well they don't generally handle them very well we just did a review of the Navi S65 e-scooter over on our sister channel, Now Let's Review. And even though it costs less than $1,000, it comes with double suspension. Yeah, it's a swing arm suspension and it did great during our tests. I had a blast riding around this summer during testing. It's very comfortable scooter and one to consider for a commuter scooter. There's so much to cover from batteries to range to the build quality and folding capabilities to the tires and the weight. So please check out the work we do for you over on Now Let's Review. There you're going to find products that interest you from e-scooters and e-bikes to EV chargers and charging adapters. Even how to replace scooter and e-bike tires. Go check out our Navi S65 e-scooter review and see if this might just be what you're looking for. So we've been talking about this on Patreon a lot recently. There have been some massive floods in China that you probably haven't heard much about. Because the Chinese government has been working hard to keep them underreported. A few weeks ago, it was flooding in the north in Beijing and surrounding areas. Now, more recently, there have been massive flooding in Shenzhen in Hong Kong. With floods, you get collapses of all kinds, buildings, bridges, walls. And you might think a Tesla Model Y with a glass roof wouldn't be a safe place to be. But, well, check this out. Holy crap. I mean, it looks like a building fell on it. Yeah, a wall fell down. And I mean, look at all the cars that were crushed. The devastation has been intense. At one point in Shenzhen, they got over 19 inches of rainfall in a 24-hour period. And so they opened a bunch of dams into neighboring Hong Kong. And they did this at midnight. Basically, they're like, hey, in one minute, we're going to open the floodgates. And they officially announced it. And then um, they relieved the flooding in Shenzhen. 
by flooding other places. Yeah. Okay. That's what they did in Beijing too. So I just want to go back to this. So this is a Tesla Model Y, and that is the only car that didn't get completely crushed by this collapsed wall. And I mean, you can see how they pan and show what looks to be just pancakes. Um, and those were other vehicles. Yeah. Um, now, this reminds me of that accident in 2021 in Miami, Florida, where a Model Y slammed into the back of an SUV and uh, the SUV went up onto the roof of the Model Y and the weight of that didn't even crush the Model Y roof either. Oh, and remember <laughs> that Model 3 in China in 2019? And this is just one of the many reasons why Teslas are the safest cars in the world. Speaking of safe cars... So it appears that another couple Nikola semi-trucks have caught on fire. But I mean, didn't we just report in June that about five Nikola trucks caught on fire? Yep, but this is actually the third and fourth fire incident in which Nikola trucks caught on fire in just the past few months. So what happened? So the third fire was early last week when a Nikola truck at Arizona Lithium in Tempe, Arizona caught on fire. And the fourth incident was a Nikola truck catching on fire on Friday at their headquarters in Phoenix. Here's what Nikola had to say. On Friday, September 8th at approximately 8.30 a.m., there was a thermal incident with one engineering validation battery electric truck near Nikola's Phoenix headquarters. No one was injured. This pre-production truck was outside and undergoing battery fire investigation and testing. We thank the Phoenix fire responders for their quick action. We will share more information as we learn more. Oh, good. So it was just an engineering validation truck. So let me get this straight. So Nikola has about 209 trucks on the road. So far, nine of them have caught on fire. That's only 4% of the trucks, Jesse. Yeah, that's like less than 95%. You have a 95% chance of buying a truck that's not going to catch on fire. What do you want? So far. Uh, but shareholders weren't pleased. The stock dropped 15% on the news. And that has pushed the stock down below the $1 a share threshold. So uh, that triggers NASDAQ delisting. Mm. Get out. Which we're going to talk about this week on disruptive investing. So uh, go check out that video. There's a lot to talk about there. Okay, we're finally getting to that part of the EV adoption S-curve where you can actually see things happening. Yeah, when we first started this channel eight years ago, there was some talk from automakers about EVs. But other than Tesla, the Nissan Leaf, maybe the BMW i3 and some compliance cars, there just wasn't that much going on. Now, a new reporting out from the EIA, which is the U.S.'s Energy Information Agency, shows that the number of internal combustion engine vehicle models in the U.S. dropped from 318 models in 2021 to 297 models in Q2 of 2023. Meanwhile, the number of EV models jumped from 34 to 55. And by models, the EIA means the nameplate and all the available trim levels associated with that nameplate. So once you call it like the Mach-E, it doesn't care that there's like a LT version or a Pro version. You just the Mach-E counts as one. Look at this chart showing that electric and hybrids make up 16% of U.S. light duty sales. Pure electrics make up 6.7% of U.S. sales in 2023 so far. Can you see the S-curve, people? If we dive in deeper to the data, we see that it's the luxury EV market that has the lion's share of the sales. Take a look at this chart of the share of cars that are luxury in the U.S. between 2014 and 2020. It's kind of hard to make out what it's showing at first. Blue is hybrids. So luxury hybrid sales are dropping. Yep. Yellow is plug-in hybrids. Also dropping. Yep. Brown is standard ice cars. Flat. Yep. And light brown, and why do they choose such <laughs> awful colors, I don't know, is BEVs. Oh, growing from 22% in 2014 to over 70% in 2023. Yes. So luxury cars now account for 18% of all new car sales, up from just 14% in 2020. So luxury cars are growing in sales and BEVs have a growing share of models. Right. Automakers canceled 17 luxury ICE models between 2021 and now. Meanwhile, automakers added 19 luxury EV models. In Q2 of 2023, battery electric vehicles accounted for 32% of total luxury sales. Wow. This is very common with adoption curves of new technologies, TVs, refrigerators, cell phones. In the beginning, they're expensive. And then as we enter the mass adoption phase, which we should be entering soon, the prices drop and more people can afford the technology. And so I don't want people thinking like, yeah, EVs are just for rich people. This is how all new technology starts. Look at televisions. Like the first high def TVs were so expensive. Now you can go to you know Costco or Walmart and buy one really cheap. Hey, and if you'd like to share a story you've seen on this channel, but you don't want to share the whole hour long episode, and I get it, go to our Now You Know Clips channel, which has them chopped into little bite-sized pieces. Also, you can go to X, Twitter, and see them there. All right, Ellie from Ellie in Space is with us for an update on Starship. Hey, Zach and Jesse, I'm back from my trip and ready to talk to you guys about Starship. 
It has been a very busy week down at Starbase with a fully stacked Starship showing off ahead of the next orbital test flight. And we're hearing that the FAA mishap report that was filed has been closed. So that mishap investigation resulted in 63 corrective actions. Now check this out. I had to actually edit this last minute because Elon originally posted to the FAA saying, what are these 63 items? And about two days later, he actually posted that they have completed 57 of those 63 items. And it's worth noting that six of those items refer to later flights. So it sounds like they've completed everything that they need to do for flight two of Starship. It's unclear if he posted what are these 63 items as a joke, but we do know that some of those improvements had to do with tank sensing, booster leak mitigation, Raptor leak mitigation, collateral damage from fire, booster reliability improvement, and more. It does seem like the launch could be actually coming pretty soon. In fact, the gap between the first and the second Starship launch could only be about five months. And keep in mind, this will probably be the longest gap we have from here on out as SpaceX wants to have a rapid cadence in testing Starship. In fact, SpaceX posted this talking about the importance of testing flight hardware actually in flight. They wrote, testing development flight hardware in a flight environment is what enables our teams to quickly learn and execute design changes and hardware upgrades to improve the probability of success in the future. We learned a tremendous amount about the vehicle and ground systems during Starship's first flight test. They go on to write, recursive improvement is essential as we work to build a fully reusable launch system capable of carrying satellites, payloads, crew, and cargo to a variety of orbits and Earth, lunar, or Martian landing sites. Woo, that was a mouthful. But a lot of people are still betting on, yes, we could actually see the launch in September. And I'm just glad that I got back home from Europe in time so that I won't miss it. Please consider checking out my channel, Ellie in Space, if you haven't already. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Ellie. When do you think Starship will launch? Like any minute, I think. <laughs> I'm, I keep checking X. Let us know what you think in the comments below. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. So this is Henson Razor. And you have shaved with and it. And I have shaved with it. And I really, really like it. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. If I wanted to buy enough razor blades to last me for the rest of my life. I can use this razor because it's gonna last me forever because it's built so well. And I could probably buy all the razor blades I could need for like under a hundred dollars, hmm. I think. But could you do that with a traditional, you know, Gillette razor? Um, no. You have to take out a loan. Yes. Yeah, don't forget to use our code now you know when you check out and you'll get a hundred free blades. In the future. SUVs will turn into pickup trucks at the push of a button. What are you talking about? I think it will be called the Shangan Quinwan CD701. You've been watching too many Transformer movies. No, no, this is real. Uh, well, it's a concept from Chinese state-owned car company called Changzhen, so maybe it's not going to become a reality. But they did show it off last week at the Changyan Auto Tech Summit event. They claim that the CD701 electric SUV will transform into a pickup truck at the push of a button. So what exactly happens when you push the button? So this retractable glass panel over the rear seat slides under the roof, which opens the back like a pickup truck. And it looks like they copied Tesla's interior. It will only have a center screen display. Shang Jen says that the vehicle will also be able to find a charging station autonomously and that the CD701 will have vehicle satellite communication technology so it never loses communication. What if you drive into a tunnel? <laughs> Put the satellites in the tunnels. Um, OK, but this is just a concept. Well, Shang Jen did say that they plan on going into mass production next year. So I don't know. Uh, no management price. Uh, but let us know in the comments down below if a push button transforming electric SUV pickup truck is something you'd be interested in. I mean, the Cybertruck is kind of like that because it has the vault, mm. the tonneau cover. I mean, you, can, you don't have like seats back there. Mm. You could. Yeah. Is, I mean, there's some modifications I, we could make. I don't make. know if that's legal. You know how to weld. So I do uh, know how to weld. We could open it up. Technically, mid, mid we could put seats in the back. <laughs> I don't know about and legal. turn it into a boat. All right, it's time for going green. The British car maker Lotus is going electric. Uh, scratch that. They're not going electric? Uh, well, they are, but they're owned by the Chinese automaker Geely. You said they were British car maker, oh. which bought a controlling interest in 2017. Lotus hasn't been British owned since 1986 when GM bought it. 
Well, anyway, Chinese-owned Lotus has been making ICE cars since 1952. They've just unveiled their first electric hatchback, the Lotus EMEA. This all-electric four-door hatchback has two motors and provides 905 horsepower and 985 newton meters of torque, a zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds with a top speed of 155 miles an hour. It'll have a 100 plus kilowatt hour battery pack with 350 kilowatts of DC fast charging and an EPA range of 310 miles. I like the fast charging speed, um, but I'm not a big fan of how it looks, if I'm being honest, especially the front end. The Emi is expected to go into production in early 2024 and go on sale in 2025. Lotus's SUV version of this car, built on Geely's powertrain, the Electre, should be coming out first next year. Okay. So. No price, though. So The stats aren't bad, but no, yeah, yeah, I'm imagining that the price is going to be a real kicker. And just the looks. I mean, I think if it looked better, I think a lot of people would want to show it off, but it just looks like it could be a Toyota to me. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's an acquired taste. So remember that new Tesla Universal Wall Connector we reported on last week? Yeah, that's the one that has like a magic dock built in it. So you can charge either a Tesla with the Nax plug or a car with a J1772. Right. Well, Hilton Hotels has just ordered 20,000 Tesla Universal Wall Connectors for 2,000 of its properties. Wow. So, I mean, that's an average of 10 per hotel. I mean, am I wrong? Did, didn't Hilton already buy some Tesla wall chargers? Yes. Back in 2017, Hilton had a deal to install Tesla chargers at 200 locations. This is an extension of that deal. Hilton says, through an expanded agreement with Tesla, Hilton today announced that beginning in early 2024, up to 20,000 Tesla universal wall connectors are slated to be installed at 2,000 hotels in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, making Hilton's planned EV charging network the largest of any hospitality company. With at least six chargers at each of the selected hotels, Hilton will become the first choice for the dramatically increasing number of travelers who drive electric vehicles. And get this, Hilton also says on its website that people searching for hotels with EV chargers was, quote, the fastest volume of growth to date, jumping from fourth to second highest in converting searches to stays. Are there really 2,000 Hilton hotels in North America? Well, don't forget Hilton's other brands. Check these out. These are all like Spark by Hilton. Okay, so, but I mean, I guess we'll have to stay at a Spark Hilton the next time we travel. So that's about a $11.9 million deal, by the way, if Hilton pays retail, which I'm sure they won't. Um, but I think this is really important. It shows that businesses are finally starting to get it, that if you have amenities for EV drivers, they will use your services or products. And so, you know, if you're a restaurant, a hotel, a grocery store, put in chargers and people will come to you. I think that hotels is like the big, super obvious one because you don't need super high power to get a really decent charge. Yeah, you're going to be there overnight. You're going to be there overnight. It's different than like a dry cleaners. There are lots of things where you're going to stay for probably over an hour. I think uh, amusement parks... Um, yeah, I would say some grocery stores. You know, ice that. car dealerships should put them in because you're usually there for hours. <laughs> All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. Send them in to us. Two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape. Good audio. No music. Send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Who do we got this week? Kevin spoke with Rebecca Bennett from the National Renewable Energy Laboratory about their American-made challenges program. Hey, Zach and Jesse. This is Kevin at the 32nd Annual Energy Fair. Today with me is Rebecca from NREL. What is this program you got going here, Rebecca? Hi, yes, I am with NREL. I work on the American Made Challenges, which is a program funded by the US Department of Energy to push renewable energy further and push us all into the clean energy revolution. So we have a suite of 50 plus prizes that cover all kinds of renewable energy. We have water prizes, solar prizes, hydrogen prizes, direct air capture prizes, things that cover everything with the goal of pushing American innovation further. We also have community prizes. So if you have a community uh, that is looking to get involved in renewable energy, maybe it's a school district that you want to bring renewable energy to, you can apply to a prize and get cash prizes to help you push your innovation further. All that it takes is going online to AmericanMadeChallenges.org, looking at a prize, and you can learn all about it, learn the rules, figure out what you have to submit, when the deadlines are, and then boom, you can be eligible to win up to a million dollars depending on the prize. We have prizes everywhere from ideas to technologies, prototypes, testing, to more community-based uh, innovations. Well, that sounds like a great program. 
Uh, thank you for explaining it to us and Zach and Jesse. Now you know. Cash prizes up to a million dollars. Get on that, people. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, I'll put the link down below to the AmericanMadeChallenges.org website where, yeah, you can, uh, if you're a school or something, it doesn't hurt to apply. That's awesome. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. We got a lot of fun stories this week. We got our Investment Club bonus stories. And if you head over to Disruptive Investing, we've got a very cool story there as well. Um, Look, please, people, support us on Patreon. YouTube has, I guess, decided to just not care about creators anymore. So uh, we rely on you very, very much. All right, we're back from Patreon bonus stories. We did a poll this week on Patreon. What was it? Is this the next next generation Tesla Robo Taxi? And it's that picture that we showed earlier of Franz in front of um, cardboard. Looks, <laughs> cardboard. And uh, let's take a look. Yeah, most people said, nope, it's just Franz standing in front of one of many mock-ups that they work on. And <laughs> the next biggest answer was, how the heck do I know? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, it's time for Elon's X's of the week. And uh, buckle up, people, because we got a lot here. So Holmar's catalog said Lucid 2022 revenue was $608 million, And Lucid 2022 CEO pay was 379 million. What? Elon said, wow, beware of any company where leadership compensation is not linked to performance. By the way, if you're saying, well, but Elon gets paid a lot, just want to point out in 2022, Elon exercised no stock options. So his salary was effectively zero. And in 2022, he unlocked 23 billion worth of Tesla stock options, but he can't sell those for five years. And by the way, that year, Tesla's revenue was $82 billion. Elon says, since the acquisition of Twitter, the ADL has been trying to kill this platform by falsely accusing it and me of being anti-Semitic. Tesla owner Silicon Valley says, will you take actions on these false allegations? Elon says, if this continues, we'll have no choice but to file a defamation lawsuit against, ironically, the Anti-Defamation League. If they lose the defamation suit, we will insist that they drop the anti part of their name, since obviously... Alex says, wouldn't be the first time the Defamation League would be found to have defamed people. Elon says, interesting. In our case, they would potentially be on the hook for destroying half the value of the company, so roughly $22 billion. Based on what we've heard from advertisers, ADL seems to be responsible for most of our revenue loss. Giving them maximum benefit of the doubt, I don't see any scenario where they'd be responsible for less than 10% of the value destruction, so about $4 billion. Document discovery of all communications between the ADL and advertisers will tell the full story. And he said, to be super clear, I'm pro-free speech, but against anti-Semitism of any kind. Elon said the Facebook caved to far-left pressure groups and now allows them to silently dictate policy in exchange for ad money. Holmar's catalog says the other day I was in my Tesla on full self-driving beta when I came to a four-way stop with a Waymo and a cruise. I thought to myself, there are no human-driven vehicles at this intersection, only robots. This will become more common worldwide. And Elon said it'll be normal within a few years. Ian Miles Chong says California is passing Bill 553, which makes it illegal to confront or fight back against looters, burglars, and shoplifters. You'll be fined $18,000 if you intervene. It puts every employee at the mercy of criminals. Elon says this is insane. Peter Diamantis says this is the most extraordinary time in human history to be alive. Elon says true. Space Padre says SpaceX just stacked Starship for flight test two, watching from Dolphin Cove at Isla Blanca Beach Park on South Padre Island. Best place to watch launch. Elon says nice view. Hop in. We're going to Mars. Shibatoshi says, it's projected that China's population will be cut in half by 2100. Italy and Japan and many others will be closer to one third by 2100. This will create a wild imbalance where the bulk of the population will be old and no longer working. Good luck to our future. Elon says, birth rate is by far their biggest problem, in my opinion. Massimo says, there are no stationary objects in the universe. Even our solar system is moving not only around the center of the galaxy at 82,000 kilometers an hour, but also relative to its nearest stellar neighbors at 70,000 kilometers an hour. Elon says, in an isolated chamber, we can detect acceleration, but not velocity. Strange but necessary that this be true or reality wouldn't work. Cernovich says, United's entire fleet is down. This would have been the only story 10 years ago. Would have been incomprehensible. No one would understand how it could happen. In 2023, it's just another thing that's happening. Sign of society in decay is that this isn't bigger news. Elon says, the corporate world is extremely dependent on complex and aging enterprise management software. Most companies can't write good software, so are trapped in a broken machine they can't fix themselves. Aquil says government spends money with no accountability. It should be criminal to waste tax dollars like this. Buy Starlink and cut costs by over 90%. And that's from a post by Sam Chorus of Ark Invest, who said the government is spending three times to 22 times the cost of Starlink to connect rural locations to broadband. For context, Starlink hardware is $5.99. Elon said, yeah, this is crazy. Elon says, why won't he fight me? Zuck said name the place, so I named his house. But they said he was away on travel. Perhaps we can fight when he returns. 
Tesla owner Silicon Valley says in 1999, Elon Musk was called the IT guy. Crazy to think X.com could become something he could fulfill 24 years later. Fate loves irony. And Elon said karma is real. Elon says not quite how I would tell the story, but very accurate for an observer who only saw part of the puzzle. And he's talking about Walter Isaacson's report in Time magazine on Musk's longstanding concerns about AI. Technodoge says only SpaceX would put surprise Pikachu on a rocket engine. Elon says many funny details on Raptor. The special metal alloy SpaceX created for the rocket nozzles turns green. So we painted Hulk on the first one. Farzad said, according to an excerpt from Walter Isaacson's biography of Elon, Tesla has access to 160 billion frames of video from its Tesla cars per day, which it uses to train its self-driving system. Elon said managing that data is extremely difficult. We ignore, don't store it all, or delete almost all of it. The training videos that matter are the rare ones, like weird and busy intersections, so less than 1% of all videos. Tesla is limited by AI training compute. NVIDIA and Dojo fix this. The rabbit hole says the people graduating from Ivy Leagues like Harvard are increasingly incapable of having hard conversations. Harvard's score was dragged down by the fact that nine professors and researchers at Harvard face calls to be punished or fired based on what they had said or written. Elon says, wow. Nikita Beer says, I truly don't understand how all of New England was duped into thinking the Hamptons is a good place to go on vacation when it's a faster and cheaper to stay in Bermuda, a literal tropical island. Elon says, I've been to the Hamptons a few times and maybe I'm missing something, but it was pretty slow. Not a lot happening. Robert Scoble says, I don't understand why very few here tell anyone else about the power of lists. They are a superpower. I have a theory that no one wants their audiences to be informed as to where to find others here. Back in the old days, my boss used to tell me, don't link to others. He saw audiences as something to capture. What a dumb way to look at people. I use tweetdeck.twitter.com. I built you the list. See my profile and view lists. Whether you use them or not is on you. Elon says people should use lists a lot more. We're making them much easier to create, discover, and use. And I just started following his AI creators list. And oh my God, it's amazing. We're going to talk about that more on Patreon bonus stories. Culture Critic says, which is our reality closest to Orwell's 1984 or Huxley's Brave New World? Elon says, Brave New 1984. Doge Designer says, x.com is the world's fifth most visited website. Elon said, cool. Sir Doge says, melatonin is absolutely unbelievable if you have trouble getting to sleep. Good night. Elon says, unfortunately, melatonin gives me crazy, stressful dreams. Ryan Delk says this should be a five alarm fire. And he's talking about that math and reading scores for American 13 year olds have plunged to lowest levels in decades. And Elon just put an exclamation point so that way you'd read it. Jason DeBolt says the real value of Tesla is its ceaseless, relentlessly hardcore work culture forged by years of hardship, scarce resources, media and political attacks, near bankruptcies, doubters and short sellers. Tesla is the ultimate wartime company amidst a sea of fat and bloated peacetime companies. Elon says Tesla is still hardcore after all these years. I don't think there is a harder working company of Tesla's size in the world. Ross says, how has society's objective function changed over time? Elon says, we're certainly very high up Maslow's hierarchy compared to relatively recent history. Even the best doctors a few hundred years ago would operate without anesthesia using knives that still had blood from the last patient who died. Io says, ask a liberal in 2005, what if the world's richest man didn't live lavishly, produced the first popular electric car, made the internet accessible to millions, and was a fierce free speech advocate? Liberal, that would never happen, but if it did, conservatives would hate him. Ian Miles Chong says, it's a mystery. And this is about the mystery of San Francisco's car breaking crisis. Why is it so bad here and not elsewhere? Elon says, I'm not sure that even Sherlock Holmes could figure this one out. Doge Designer says, they say that this super app is never going to fly in the U.S., but then why do they keep talking about this super app all the time every day? Elon says, all truth passes through three stages. First, it's ridiculed. Second, it's violently opposed. Third, it's accepted as being self-evident. And that's Schopenhauer. Although sometimes a technology announcement is simultaneously declared ridiculously impossible and obviously self-evident. Example, Neuralink. Eric Berger says senior agency officials have told us that at current cost levels, the SLS program is unsustainable and exceeds what NASA officials believe will be available for its Artemis missions. Elon says not the biggest surprise ever. AP Entertainment. Wes Anderson says Roald Dahl's books shouldn't be modified after the author's death. Anderson was at the Venice Film Festival with another Dahl adaptation, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. And Elon says, Wes Anderson for the win. World Statistics, America's most visited websites in the U.S. in August of 2023. Elon says, above Instagram. Not bad for now. <laughs> Alex says, to understand how far behind VW is in BEV development compared to competitors from the U.S. and Asia, one only needs to hear the latest news that the next Golf in the VW brand's first model on the new SSP platform is scheduled for 2028. Five years. Elon says, the years fly by fast. Elon says, listen to the Iliad as an audiobook. It was meant to be spoken. Then, of course, Elon tweeted out LFG and this picture. 
and that's every Tesla car model, including the semi truck. <laughs> um, it's next is gonna have to be driven by a Tesla bot. <laughs> Mario Neffal says breaking Elon sues California for censorship. X has taken legal action against California, challenging a law that mandates social media platforms to disclose their content removal policies, especially concerning hate speech, misinformation and harassment. Elon says transparency is no problem. More of that would be great. But the government policing free speech in violation of the First Amendment is not OK. And Elon says worth reading our actual legal filing versus what you may see in the media. Jonah Kreider says journalism is dead. And this is after a bunch of articles about Elon being a traitor. And Elon said, every day, another PSYOP. Jay says, I've been an American citizen since I was 19 years old. Never did I imagine that an American government would conspire to violate my free speech rights. But that is what the Biden administration did as the Fifth Circuit just confirmed. I am thankful for the U.S. Constitution. Elon says, unreal. And Richard says, Fifth Circuit rules that the White House, Surgeon General, FBI, and CDC cannot have any contact with social media companies about removing material. A strong First Amendment victory against the misinformation machine. Elon says, this is why the Constitution is so important. And Smoke Away says, no mirrors necessary. Elon says, no side or rear view mirrors in the future. Lex Friedman said, had a great dinner and conversation with Elon and Walter Isaacson. It was fun and fascinating. Also did an epic podcast with Walter. It's already out on X. Life is amazing. Elon says, great conversation. Benny Johnson says, the government of New Mexico has just declared the First and Second Amendment does not exist due to an emergency. Under this legal theory, all of our rights are essentially eliminated. Watch the most evil and tyrannical 60 seconds you've ever heard from a politician. Elon says, at risk of stating what should be obvious, deliberately violating the Constitution is next level illegal. How soon can this person be removed from office? SpaceX tweeted out, watch Falcon 9 launch 22 Starlink satellites to orbit. Tesla owner Silicon Valley says, do you think SpaceX should be live streamed on YouTube? And Elon said, no. So I don't think they're going to broadcast on YouTube anymore. Wow. Tesla owner Silicon Valley says Tesla's $25,000 car and dedicated RoboTaxi will be Cybertruck inspired thoughts. Elon says, no, but RoboTaxi will look like the future. Warren Redlick says, if Elon didn't control SpaceX, there would be no SpaceX. The U.S. would still be dependent on Russia for space launches. There would be no Starlink to activate or deactivate. Commies hate capitalism. Elon says, correct. Elon tweeted out this famous experiment where people don't like to even sit for 15 minutes without even getting shocked. And he said, a.k.a. opening your email. <laughs> Toby says, admit it, that's a fantastic name. And this is about uh, Walter's book, which shows that Elon and Grimes had a third child named Techno Mechanicus uh, in the new biography. And by the way, this is the Greek letter tau, which is used in math to represent circumference diameter. Hmm. And Pope Bay says, names of Elon Musk and Grimes' three kids, which I can't pronounce. And uh, Elon said, tau Techno Mechanicus is the cir circumference diameter. Trunk Fan said the Uncrustables brand is somehow headed for a billion dollars in annual sales and its timeline is wild. Elon says, these things are like what I imagine crack to be. I think I ate six. <laughs> this tweet about Burning Man and, you know, the place that they burned down at the end. And uh, Elon says he's been there many times. Sawyer Merritt says, some people think Tesla's competitors will reach full autonomy soon after Tesla does. Read this quote from Walter Isaacson's new article, and you'll see one reason why that's not likely to happen. Elon said, a long tail of training data, reality has a vast number of weird edge cases, is required to solve self-driving well, and a crazy amount of training compute, which is currently our primary constraint. He went on to say, in addition to neural net training compute, when it comes to video, the scale of data storage and transfer boggles the mind. Kristen said, Tuesday is the day. Elon's Walter Isaacson biography arrives. Elon says, I have a copy, but Walter recommended that I do not read it. <laughs> Scott Adams says, are the Democrats trying to jail Musk? Looks that way to me. Elon says, something strange is going on. Farzad says VW is dead. And this is about uh, VW's R&D board member announcing that the company makes no money with BEVs and slows down the introduction of new BEV models. Elon says if they don't switch to autonomous electric cars pronto, that is absolutely true. Jessica says there's a large inflow of tourists here in Starbase who have traveled great distances hoping to witness Starship's next launch. Elon said it's awesome that people can see Starship so close up. Consequence says 15 out of 23 monkeys implanted with Elon's Neuralink brain chips have reportedly died. Elon says, no monkey has died as a result of Neuralink implant. First, our early implants to minimize risks to healthy monkeys. We chose terminal monkeys. Those are ones that were close to death already. Uh, there's this awesome excerpt from Walter Isaacson's new biography of Musk. And Elon said, Gates also said the Tesla Semi was impossible, even though it was literally being driven all over the country. When I asked what battery watt hours per kilogram and truck watt hours per mile he was using to reach the conclusion that it's impossible, Gates had no idea, but still stuck with his conclusion. He doesn't get enough negative feedback. This platform is great for that. Yeah. And I mean, if you read that quote, this excerpt from Walter Isaacson's book, which I think is going to become the news for the next three weeks, yep. um, <laughs> it really paints you a picture of a guy who's used to being sucked up to talking to Elon Musk, who doesn't suck up to anybody. 
And lastly, System Update says Elon Musk is under fire again, this time from neocons and corporate journalists insisting that his refusal to turn on Starlink satellites to enable an escalation of Ukraine's military actions amounts to a form of treason. Elon says, I am a citizen of the United States and only have that passport. No matter what happens, I will fight for and die in America. The United States Congress has not declared war in Russia. If anyone is treasonous, it is those who call me such. Please tell them that very clearly. Whew. All right, it's time for community mail time. Community mail time. Remember, we need your stories, your photos, your videos. Send them to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Steve spotted this bright orange Model 3. Ooh, nice. Ryan sent us this picture of an EV charging station at a German grocery store. Robert saw this solar canopy EV charger in Sierra Vista, Arizona. That's cool. Jerome spotted this camo Model Y parked across the street from the Lithonia Tesla supercharger in Lithonia, Georgia. Truly sent us this picture of a Rivian service van they saw in Memphis, Tennessee. Dennis spotted this Model 3 police car at the service center in Venice, Florida. Tyler sent us this picture of a parking lot with a bunch of EVs in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oliver sent us these pictures and video of his Fisker Ocean that he just took delivery of in Odense, Denmark. Brody spotted this VW ID5 GTX in Holmavik, Iceland. Martin sent us this picture of a supercharger next to a horse and buggy parking only spot in Mount Forest, Ontario, Canada. And Christopher sent us this picture of Elon and Baby X with the founders of Riot Games at the Valorant Champions final in Inglewood, California. Nice. Thanks so much for sending those in, people. And you know what? We need more EV tips. So uh, please send those in to us as well. And they can be little ones. They don't have to be big, huge, you know, groundbreaking ones. Just it anything you've learned. It doesn't have to even necessarily be to do with the battery pack. It just any tip that has to do with your EV. Uh, let us know what it is, and we'd love to share it with the community. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. And for our beautiful Supercharger segment here, just want to remind you that there are 50,000 Superchargers now. Um, in September of 2012, there were six. And just five months ago, there were 45,000. Now there's 50,000. So let's go see what we've got for superchargers in the world. This is Graham Calder for our Tesla road trip review in uh, Eastern Canada, going from Montreal down to St. Andrews by the Sea, New Brunswick. I'm at the supercharger here. It's actually an eight stall supercharger. And I was going to be rating it fairly low because there's nothing around here. There is. Uh, Petrocan in the backdrop over there. I guess they probably have a bathroom and some snacks, but other than that, there isn't anything. I think there's a hotel behind me, which would be great if you were staying at that hotel. Um, and then the one thing that makes me actually really like this, not that I'm towing, but when I get my Cybertruck, I will be, um, is that pull through stop. And it's the first charger, uh, supercharger that I've seen that has a pull through Tesla charger um, set up there. So there's one only. But it's an eight stall and there's plenty of room. There's a little bench to keep seated. It's not nearly as windy, which is great for these reviews as many of the other um, sites that we were recording at. And nearby we've got uh, the actual river, which now is low tide because it's a tidal uh, estuary or tidal river. So you can see the mud flats, it's quite beautiful. I wish the, wish the charging stop was right there on that. So this is Rivière-du-Loup, Quebec. We're just now turning into New Brunswick and heading south down to the coast to see our, our site at uh, St. Andrews, New Brunswick. See you there. Now you know. Here we are at the Baldwin Supercharger in Canada, Ontario, and we're on the Trans-Canada Highway. This location has six stalls. It's located at a gas station, which has a variety store and washrooms and it also is close to a Wendy's and a Tim Hortons, Canada's staple for coffee and it even has a picnic area. I didn't think I'd ever be doing this but this location gets a 10 out of 10. Hi now you know community. This is Lynn at the Cedar Rapids, Iowa 8-star Gen 3 new superchargers. Its location is not the best because it's half a mile from the interstate. There is a DQ across the street and the chargers are located in a high view parking lot that has a Starbucks and a cafe inside. I'll give it a 7 out of 10 overall. Now you know. Hey everybody, this is Joel from the Genoa, Ohio westbound Ohio Turnbike. Uh, it's an 8-stall version 3. They do have a tow-in-one way at the end, if you can see there. They also have a dog play area and a trash can. Inside has a Starbucks coming soon as of July of 23. 
and there's also a Hardee's and a Marco's Pizza inside. Marco's is actually under construction, but should be renovated anytime soon. Bathrooms are clean. Overall, I'd probably say six out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. I love this segment of our show. Um, and you can find all of these Supercharger Reviews on a map on our website at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got for new superchargers? We got the nine stall in Seoul at Gangdong DM Square in South Korea. We got the three stall in Wuhan, China. Another three stall in Wuhan, China. We got three stall in Shenzhen, China. Number 31 in Switzerland is the 20 stall in Bern, Switzerland. Number 26 in Finland is the four stall in Sodenkaila, Finland. The six stall in Shanghai, China. Number 85 in Japan is the six stall in Hamamatsu, Japan. Number 52 in Maryland is the 8th stall in Rosedale, Maryland. Number 28 in Wisconsin is the 12th stall in Greenfield, Wisconsin. Number 135 in Texas is the 8th stall in San Angelo, Texas. Number 385 in California is the 8th stall in Lawndale. Number 65 in Australia is the 4th stall in Abbotsford, Victoria, Australia. Number 33 in Mexico is the 4th stall in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. The 3 stall in Zunyi, China. The 3 stall in Beijing, China. The 3 stall in Zhengzhou, China. And number 1,819 in China is the three stall in Taizhou, China. Number 147 in South Korea, number 5,496 in the world is the six stall in Namyangju, South Korea. Nice. Woo. You made it to the end of the show. Congratulations. We can both pat each other on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you're looking for more content, though, we do have our Patreon bonus stories over on Patreon. We also have the Investor Club bonus stories. And if you want some free content, we do have our Disruptive Investing channel where you can check out our Disruptive Investing news along with um, interviews with uh, CEOs and founders of exciting companies. Um, we also have our Now Let's Review channel where we cover all sorts of electric bikes and scooters and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, we're hopefully going to be starting some new channels here soon. I'm ex we're excited to be announcing those as they come up. But yeah. uh, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you again to all of our amazing Patreon supporters. This show does not happen without those amazing people who support this show every month. Um, and you can join them over on patreon.com slash now you know. Yeah, get your name on the end of the show. Show people that you support us because your help is what makes it possible for us to do the work we do, which I think is so important because not only can you cut through the crap that's on the mass media, I mean, there's so much misinformation there, so much misleading information there. We're talking about stuff that if we were wrong for the past eight years, we would have been called on it. Yeah, but we haven't been called on it yet because <laughs> it's true. We'll see you next time. Now, now you know. know. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc five thousand dollars that's the average amount of money people in the u.s are now spending on gas in a year five grand that's crazy if you drive you have to download upside the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas that's right you can earn real cash back with upside just by buying the gas you're already buying you can literally start earning cash back today i use upside every time i fill up and i've already made around two three hundred dollars you're putting gas in your car anyway why not get real cash back if you like free money download upside i'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 